broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Midtown Business Radio. What is up, everyone? It is C.W. Hall, your host here on the Midtown Business Radio Show. Thanks for making us a part of your day today. Joined in the studio, as we are every month, by Emma Folks and Bruce Logue of Atlanta Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce. Good morning. Hey, how you doing? We've got a full house today. We better get started. We are busting at the seams this morning. All <laughs> kinds of things going on. <laughs> All Had a big event a couple of weeks ago. Yes, the Extreme uh, Business Makeover. Yeah. Um, we have... Gabrielle Claiborne, who was one of the winners of the Extreme Business Makeover, and she's also a nominee for the uh, AGLCC Community Awards Dinner as the Small Businesswoman of the Year. We have Dwayne Keller and Brian Edelman from Intercontinental Buckhead, Atlanta. They're going to be our host hotel. And last but not least, we have Rick Kern, who is the um, previous Small Businessman of the Year and also AGLCC uh, board member. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so let's see. Um, morning, Dwayne. Good morning, Emma. Morning, Brian. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Doing great. Well, cool. Well, listen, I wanted to, um, Dwayne, I wanted to ask you, you know, you and I go way back. And, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Dwayne and I's birthday are a day apart. So we've been planning a huge birthday bash for years and haven't done it yet. But one of these years, we will do it. Next year. Next year, we'll do it. Yes. So, Dwayne, tell me a little bit about, um, I know you've been in the hospitality industry since I was an infant. Exactly. So, I want to know, <laughs> I want to know, what exactly is it that, when you were in college, that pulled you into the hospitality industry? I was a young, small child, flunking accounting, and needed a degree, and hotel restaurant management was there for me. So, um, I worked one summer in a restaurant, really loved it, and came back to school and Wanted to own my own restaurant and bar. Oh. But then I got sucked into the hotel side of it and have enjoyed my life ever since. And you've been with the Intercontinental Group for six and a half to seven years now? Six and a half years. Okay. And you are the senior sales manager. I am the senior sales manager handling the state of Georgia. So what, is, what does that mean? Are you looking for wedding parties? Are you looking for groups of friends? Uh, well, not groups of friends, but like, <laughs> like conventions. Watch and... it now. <laughs> Um, my, my role there is to handle um, groups of 51 or more on peak room nights. So I look for meetings, conventions, associations, anything that needs blocks of guest rooms and meeting space. My colleague here, Brian, handles our social functions, and I'll let him describe kind of what he does. And that doesn't have to do with social media. No, okay. social as in <laughs> weddings, weddings and anniversaries and bar bat mitzvahs and such Fun stuff. Nice. We, um, you know, the Intercontinental is becoming kind of an icon in the city of Atlanta. Um, celebrities, you know, there have been times where I've pulled up, I've seen a couple of boxers, you know, automobiles, fine automobiles in the front. The, some of the WNBA teams have stayed there in the mm -hmm. past. And if you watch reality television, by, sh you know, before the season is over, if it's an Atlanta-based reality show, they will have footage of the Intercontinental Hotel. So what is it about the Intercontinental that keeps drawing all these people there? Brian? I think the hotel has a great feel. I think it's uh, inclusive. It's comfortable. It's uh, the, the tempo of the place is comfortable for everyone. And I think that brings people in the door. Well, we love having you guys as partners of the AGLCC. Uh, why did you feel that it was important to become a partner with us? I think that we, as an inclusive company, um, our parent company, IHG, we celebrate diversity and, and embrace everyone's um, self. So being part of 
all community. We thought it was important to reach out to all the chambers, all the all the international chambers and things like that, because we are so multicultural, so international. We want to be included in everybody's celebrations, everybody's lifestyle. So we try to reach out to to all all walks of life. Brian, no, I agree. I, we we want to be able to connect with with everyone and um, our community in the LGBT community. We have people in all the companies, large and small, in the in the Atlanta market. So we want to be able to be a great partner for everybody. Great, great. Now, uh, I was really impressed. I think we all were really impressed that the hotel uh, had the mass wedding the, the day that the uh, Supreme Court ruling came out. How did that happen so fast? Well, Chef Art Smith um, is our uh, restaurant and bar partner, and he had been planning this in his um, Southern Art capacity. And it just so happened that he, we were planning to do it whether it was going to pass or not. So we were very, very fortunate that the timing was was perfect, and then Brian was there to help orchestrate it, so he can elaborate a little more. Yeah, it was a, it was an amazing day. We had a lot of fun, and it really was in in reality, it really was a coincidence that that the date was fell when it did, and we got lucky, and everybody had a wonderful time. It was a great event. Now, how many how many people uh, were at the event? It was called 101 Gay Weddings, and we married almost 101 people. We have our own uh, officiant on property. So um, Mr. Travis Brookshire, Brother Brookshire, was there to uh, <laughs> to uh, assist us with that. So um, it was it was a great event. Uh, we partnered with a lot of different um, Atlanta restaurants that are part of the community or, or want to be part of the community and inclusive. So it was a, a great co- collaboration of a, of, of events. Now, Dwayne, do you represent only the Intercontinental uh, Buckhead Atlanta, or are there other hotels in the chain that you represent? I'm responsible. My my primary responsibility is to sell the Intercontinental Buckhead Atlanta. But as a representative IHG, if you needed to book a program in London, Tokyo, Osaka, or anywhere Chicago, I can assist with that. Uh, we have a great system, and then we also get um, rewarded for booking our other properties as well. So um, it's a great tool. Someone can come to me, and I can sell this program in Atlanta next year, if they want to go to Miami, I can um, send it down to them and we can all share and keep it all in the family. Now, there are are there other properties in Atlanta besides the Intercontinental that you represent? No, I just represent personally or professionally the Intercontinental Buckhead Atlanta, but our company as a whole, IHG, has, I think we're up to 11 brands, Brian. Mm-hmm. So the Crown Plazas, the Hotel Indigos, the Kemptons, all the IH, uh, the Intercontinent, I mean, the uh, Holiday Inns, Holiday Inn Expresses, we represent all of those. So I can help you with any of those in the city globally. Well, guys, we're excited that the uh, AGLCC Community Awards Dinner is being held at the hotel this year. Uh, Can you walk us through what some of the uh, attendees might expect this year? Well, it's going to be a great celebration. I think we're going to start with a a VIP event. We're still kind of ironing everything out, but I think it might be a bourbon tasting for the VIPs for the first hour. So as you come in, we've got valet parking. If you so choose or self-parking, you can come in and go to the Windsor ballroom area, and then we'll have this great VIP event. And then after that, the just general population will start a reception. The reception will have some pasta d'oeuvres, um, complimentary cocktails. I think we just got our 
some of our beverage sponsors in. I, I should probably wait before I announce them, but um, we'll probably have some signature cocktails from uh, our great sponsors. Um, then we'll have a great sit-down dinner with great presentations and the awards. Gabriella, hopefully you'll win. And then also too, uh, you can choose to stay over. We've got a great guest room rate for you. You can spend the night and then continue your celebration in Bourbon Bar or go out in Buckhead. But uh, and then stay and wake up in the morning and have breakfast in Southern Art. Will there be a party in the presidential suite? Uh, (laughs) If we tell you that, Emma, (laughs) I can't confirm or deny any of that. Now, is there anything uh, the dinner committee still needs from its members or corporate partners and allies? What we're looking for still is our selling auction items. Um, A lot of all the the majority of. funds that we raise from the silent auction or we're trying to do a live auction so if you know anybody with airline connections things like that that we can put a great package together to sign, uh, raise money so any any company any service that you know that would like to uh, get some exposure if they could donate an item for us to auction off we need some sponsorships some cash sponsorships for the dinner so any any of our allies or partners that are looking to get some more exposure we're also looking to maybe sell some ads for the programming, which is new this year. So we're looking for companies that might want to get a little a print ad to help us um, offset some of the costs as well. And then just general ticket sales. Um, if we can be kind and, and purchase early uh, as opposed to waiting the last minute so we can kind of plan on the, uh, the numbers and things of like that. But those are kind of the key things. I think we've got most everything else falling into place. So it's, it's auction items cast sponsors, and then ticket sales. Yeah, and ticket sales is pretty important because last year people waited till the last minute, and what happened? We sold out. Yeah, we, we sold had to out. turn people away. It was unfortunate. I think this is the third year of uh, me co-chairing the event, and I think it was the first year that that I know that we've had to turn people away. Right. right. So it's, it's going to be a fun event, great food, great fellowship, so come on out. And Brian, is there anything you want to add about the dinner? It's going to be a great time. It'll be a great, great meal, great evening, fun, and uh, looking forward to see who wins the awards. Well, thank you both for, for joining us this morning. Well, thank, thank you, you for having us. Thanks, Bruce. All right. So we have Rick Kern with Mix It Marketing. Um, Rick, how are you doing? Um, great. Good morning. Well, first, I want to say congratulations. Um, you got married, was it last weekend, two weekends ago? Two weekends ago, 16 days. 16 days ago, <laughs> and he streamed live on, on Facebook Live, so a lot of us were able to, to, to watch the wedding, and I was so happy and shed a tear for both you and Michael. It was a, it was a great, great event. Thank you so much. So I want to know, um, how did you come up with the name Mix It Marketing? Well, it's, it, we're coming up on 14 years since we started the company, um, and I wanted to make sure that we had uh, a message to folks that we could create or, or offer the ingredients with your right mix in mind was my tagline. So that means we've, the business has evolved over the years, but really it's always had a sponsorship core. Um, and we can, uh, we provide a lot of customized solutions to our clients. Um, most of them large festivals and venues in town, um, to help them increase revenue through sponsorship. And how did, how do you help a company become a sponsor of an event? Um, well, I mean, we represent the what we call properties or um, festivals or uh, attractions or venues. So we create opportunities, benefits that uh, we hope align with what companies are looking for in terms of 
marketing, community outreach, uh, that sort of thing. But then on the other side, if we have a client or I'm sorry, if we have a potential sponsor that's looking for certain benefits, we'll customize to make sure that we're creating a package that makes sense, um, you know, for the potential sponsor as well. So it's really a two-way conversation. Rick, why did you decide to start your own business? Truthfully, um, <laughs> I got laid off from three corporate jobs <laughs> and, um, I had thought about it, but after the third one, I said, if I'm going to do this, it's going to be now. So that was, that was in 2003. It's amazing to think that it's been that long at this point. It's funny how that's a, such a common, a, a common answer to that question. Uh, now, can you tell us a little bit about the fall festival, uh, an event lineup in Atlanta for this year? Sure. There's a lot of festivals that we don't work on, but I'll talk about the ones that we do, sure, obviously. Sure. Um, we just uh, completed the Atlanta Barbecue Festival at Perimeter Mall this past weekend. It was great. The events that we have coming up, we have Grant Park Summer Shade Festival, uh, not this weekend, but the following weekend. It's a great music and art event in Grant Park. Uh, after that, we have Art in the Park, uh, downtown Marietta, historic Marietta Square. It's a wonderful event. She's celebrating well over 30 years at this point for that event. Uh, after that, we have Yellow Daisy Festival at Stone Mountain Park. Then, of course, we have Atlanta Pride Festival in October, October, um, second weekend of October. We have Chomp and Stomp in Cabbage Town, Chili Cook-Off in a, in a 5K. It's an awesome event. What am I missing? Oh, meanwhile, we're doing a lot of other events at Stone Mountain Zoo Atlanta with Atlanta Bicycle Coalition. Uh, we have Atlanta Streets Alive in September and October. Uh, there's a lot going on in the fall. Okay, great. And Rick, you're an LGBTBE certified company. I am. Correct? Yes. Who certified you? NGLCC, uh-huh. the National Gay Lesbian <laughs> 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 Now, um, w- w- when it comes to you um, sponsoring and, and sponsoring events and things like that, do you feel that companies or small businesses should include sponsorships as part of their marketing plan? Absolutely. I mean, obviously, that's what I do every day. But really, reaching the consumer, especially with the events that we work on, personally, having them interact with your product or your service, uh, you know, it could be me. If it's a small business here in Atlanta meeting the people that really run the business, it's a it's a huge building block, really, for a lot of small businesses. Um, we have tons of sponsors that are small, medium, and large, uh, even the larger businesses. They want to get a product, a service, um, a message into some into a consumer's hand. It's there's no better way to do it than at a at an event. Now, what would a, a company do uh, to make the most of your event sponsorship? We could talk about that for probably about an hour, but sure. I'll do, I'll do the the quick answer <laughs> is do your homework before. It's not just pay a sponsorship fee, show up to the event. You really have to do your uh, homework, decide what you're going to do on site, make sure that you're managing, uh, make sure that you're managing all of your benefits, taking advantage of those benefits. And, and really staying timely. Uh, we have a lot of deadlines. If a sponsor misses the deadlines, they're missing a lot of benefits. So you really have to plan accordingly. Great, great. Now, who are some of your top clients and how did you help them achieve their revenue goals through sponsorship? We work on Atlanta Dogwood Festival in the spring. Um, most people know about that. We just had our 80th anniversary of Atlanta Dogwood Festival. Uh, we also work with Zoo Atlanta, Stone Mountain Park, as I mentioned, um, Atlanta Barbecue Festival, Atlanta Bicycle Coalition, uh, you know, a lot of the smaller neighborhood events. I shouldn't say smaller, the, this neighborhood specific um, events. There's a lot of those that happen. And, you know, quite honestly, what our goal is, is to make sure that the sponsors that are aligning with these events have similar missions, similar 
um, you know, goals so that they're supporting these events, not just financially, but also they could be helping promote it. They could be, um, you know, working to get their employees involved in the events. There's, there's needs to be some synergy between those. Now, what have you seen in terms of growth of the AGLCC over the past 10 years? Emma was asking me that earlier. Um, (laughs) Why don't we tell everyone how you, you know, what, where you started with the AGLCC? Many, many moons ago. Yes. So I I incorporated in 2003. I joined, and some of these years could be wrong because it has been a while, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they're correct. Uh, I, I joined in 2004. So that would be at this point, what, 12 years ago. I was involved in some committees. I actually helped uh, put together the business expo that we did. I believe it was in 2005 or six at the Georgia Tech uh, Conference Center. I was involved in another business expo, and then I was on the board for four years, three or four years, um, and left in two, didn't leave, rolled off the board in (laughs) 2010 or 11. (laughs) So I've been involved for a long time. Um, To answer your question, I think the the programming aspect of the organization is leaps and bounds ahead of where it was in the past. It's very sophisticated at this point. I, the, the membership increase has been incredible. Uh, the corporate partnerships are much stronger. I think part of that is obviously what the chamber's been doing. Part of it has been what's been going on in the world. I mean, companies in the past 12 years, you think about the landscape 12 years ago and now, companies realize it's very important, not only financially, but but for a number of reasons to support the LGBT community. So, And it, it really shows with what the AGLCC is doing. Yeah. So you were the the businessman of the year, I believe it was three years ago, four years ago. Sure. Yes. And, <laughs> I think that was 2013. And, yeah. Yeah. And what have you, how has that helped you or has it helped you in your business at all? Um, certainly. I mean, you know, it helps with the profile of your company. Um, you know, a lot of folks became aware of us, even though we had been in business for 10 years by that point. Um, you know, it's always helpful to have good PR, right? That was definitely uh, one of the benefits. And and honestly, I mean, just the personal relationships that I've had have uh, really been really been a great benefit, um, not only through the, the awards, but the membership and being involved in the organization. Um, and it was an honor. I mean, it, it really was an honor after being involved in the organization for that long. It, it was really, I was nominated, I think, three, maybe four times before I won. <laughs> so I was. A oh, couple, you were the Susan Lucci I was the of, Susan of the Lucci. awards dinner. That's right. I, I threatened to not attend <laughs> that event. And I was trying to find out if I won or not. No one would tell me. So I showed up. But no, I was very happy. Very happy. Definitely. Well, thank you, Rick. Thanks for uh, sharing um, about your company and also some of the uh, history of the chamber. Appreciate it. Great. Thanks so much. It was great. Great time. Yes, thanks, Rick. Hey, now I'd like to take the opportunity to introduce Gabrielle Claiborne and Reverend Linda Hertzer of Transformation Journeys Worldwide. Tell us a little bit about what Transformation Journeys is all about. Well, Transformation Journeys Worldwide, we are a diversity training firm with a transgender focus. And so we go into uh, companies, corporations, and just help them understand the transgender experience better. And because I am a reverend and have that background, we also go to churches and religious organizations as well. And we just work with a lot of folks. Great, great. Well, Gabrielle, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in this. Well, um, 
Early on in my life, I knew something was different inside of me. Uh, but because I grew up in a very conservative environment, and that conservative environment was a Pentecostal preacher's family. That's right, I'm a Pentecostal preacher's girl. And uh, I was to be the fifth pastor in my family. And so consequently, growing up in this conservative environment, I spent half of my life uh, trying to come to terms with what was going on inside of me, having no clue what it was called, what it was, how it was unfolding. 2010, I made my debut to the world, and that began the the outward uh, journey of my uh, the outward expression of my journey. But one of the things that really was very frightening for me was what am I going to do vocationally? Because you can look at statistics today, and you can see that unemployment, underemployment for trans individuals is rampant in our community. The, the stats are staggering. So consequently, finding work as a six-foot-three trans woman, okay, you just don't <laughs> walk any, anywhere and you know get be accepted, that really scared me. About a couple years into my that, that journey, I started attending a church, and this church was very supportive and accepting. And the pastor of that church encouraged me to do the things that I knew how to do. Well, because I'd been self-employed in the past, I was in the construction industry for over 30 years. I knew how to start a business. So I started three businesses. I started a cleaning company. I started a home repair company, and I started a lawn care company. And four years later, I'm happy to say that those companies are thriving and self-supporting, as self-supporting as they can be, right? Uh, And then a little over 18 years ago, uh, Linda and I started uh, a transgender diversity training firm, as she indicated. To that was 18 months ago. Right? Sorry, 18 months ago. <laughs> <laughs> hey, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> so anyway, um, and that 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 business venture has been unfolding. Amazing doors are opening, and we have a unique uh, concept in that you know I'm transgender, she's cisgender white female, comes from the spiritual background. We're both from the spiritual background, but our message really is about normalizing what transgender really is. And you hear it from the cisgender perspective, and you hear it from this transgender perspective. So that really helps people connect the dots, so to say. And Linda, can you can you explain to us, you know, what one, what is cisgender for our listeners who are unaware of what that is? And then explain to us, you know, how you or why you decided to get involved in uh, transgender diversity training. Yes. Um, cis, the word cisgender is basically just a word for non-transgender people. Cis is a Latin prefix as trans is also. Trans is across, cis is same side. So Cis is like transgender is persons whose internal gender identity does not match their external biological features. Or as we say, it does not match the gender they were assigned at birth based on those biological features. For a cisgender person, my gender identity, my internal sense of who I am does match my the gender that I was assigned at birth, which, you know, let's face it, is usually based on your genitals. We can say that on radio, right? <laughs> That's right. You can say about anything Yay. you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch it. <laughs> okay. So that's what cisgender is. And the way that I, as a 
straight cisgender individual got involved in transgender diversity training is four years ago, I came on to the staff of a church here. I was their minister of connection at City of Light right here in Atlanta. And on any given Sunday morning, about 10% of our congregants were either trans men, trans women, cross-dressers, or identified as genderqueer. And I went to seminary back in the 80s, and I didn't even know what any of those words meant back, you know. (laughs) They didn't teach us that back there in the 80s in the conservative seminary I went to. So I knew that I had a lot to learn. So I started reading and studying, and mostly I started listening to the stories of my gender nonconforming congregants. I learned about just the challenges that they face in life with, as Gabrielle mentioned, employment challenges, and a lot of people get evicted from their apartments. Um, Massive challenges everywhere, every day. And I started developing a heart for wanting to try to educate people about the transgender experience, because I know that there's many, many well-intentioned, well-meaning people out there, but they just don't understand the trans experience. So I'm a teacher at heart, and so I wanted to help with that. One of the congregants that I, whose story I heard was Gabrielle's. That's the church that she was at. In fact, she was there before I got there. She said, I learned that she had a passion also for educating people about this to help improve people's experience in the world. And so we founded Transformation Journeys Worldwide last year. Great, great. Uh, Gabrielle, Tell us a little bit about your experience with uh, some of your clients. Um, who have been your clients so far? We have a, excuse me, we have a diverse uh, group of clients. Uh, we have spiritual, the spiritual community is some of our clients. We just spoke last week at Columbia Theology School on behalf of uh, Carter's, Jimmy Carter's uh, initiative of speaking on behalf of women's violence and the transgender component was introduced, which I think was timely. So we had an opportunity to share with them. Uh, We also share in corporate America, excuse me. We have, uh, we've, I've spoken at Home Depot, Georgia Power, Market Source. We actually reach out to our own community, our LGBT community, because let's face it, a lot of a lot of folks, even in our community, really try don't understand the trans experience. So I've I've spoken at Pose, which is Prides of the Southeast, and we we just recently returned from Savannah, and we're heading to Valdosta next month. So it's a it's a plethora of clients that we have. Keeping you busy. Yes. It's a good thing. <laughs> and Linda, what kind of services do you provide for, for these clients? Well, we customize our services for whoever we're working with. So, of course, for, for churches and for seminaries, we take more of a theological approach. I actually have a book coming out this fall from Pilgrim Press on what the Bible says about the transgender experience. And so that's very exciting to for me to be able to speak to my my home communities, so to speak. With corporate clients, oftentimes we start by speaking to their employee resource groups, their affinity groups, just helping them to understand a little better what the transgender experience is about. And then we'll work with their human resources departments to help those departments set up some policies and some guidelines if they should have an employee transitioning. Because it's very important to to be proactive about developing 
those um, guidelines and procedures because you want to have those in place before you need them. It just makes everything go more smoothly and turns out to have a better outcome for everybody involved. Those are some of the things that we offer and also to their diversity and inclusion departments. We offer customer service training, so like on call centers and just interacting with with customers, how to be respectful of transgender individuals, how to use the proper pronoun, how to know which pronoun to use, things like that. So those are some of the services that we offer to our clients. And as I said, we just custom design those depending on their needs. Great, great. Now, how do you connect with these clients? Well, I'll answer that one. Remember, I was sharing earlier about surrounding myself with good support system. One of those support systems was the AGLCC. So when I was starting my previous businesses, I joined AGLCC about three years ago. And then we just recently joined Enlisted Transformation Journeys into the AGLCC last year. And consequently, a lot of the people in the AGLCC talk. And that's a good thing because they they are in different environments, spiritual environments, corporate environments. They are very curious about wanting to understand, okay, so what is this about? You know, what does this look like? And uh, we strike up a conversation and one thing leads to another. And I can tell you the lion's share of our business has come through the AGLCC. So we have a lot to thank for the AGLCC. A few weeks ago, you were at First Data. You were um, one of the winners of the Extreme Business Makeover Challenge. Can you tell us uh, what that event, what it, what did it entail, and just kind of walk us through what happened? It was a very exciting opportunity. Uh, we were one of three firms. We, Linda and I wanted to do something a little different that night. We wanted to show this group of individuals who we were, what we were, what you know, what we represented. And we came up with an idea of doing own, our own version of green eggs and ham. Rather than saying Sam I am, trans I am, was, we shifted the, the, the terms around and had a, a, a powerful uh, a PowerPoint presentation. And it really kind of uh, encapsulated who we are. And it was very, I felt like it was very received by the audience in that we showed some before and after shots of me and people were like, oh my God, is that you? <laughs> so it was, it was, a, it was a real uh, engaging experience for us. Yeah, I just have to say in regards to that, that I was just so impressed that the AGLCC had partnered up with First Data and to put together to give the small businesses here in Atlanta that opportunity to pitch their companies um, and to win a business solution, business payment solution for their uh, for their company. And that was why we were very excited about being chosen as one of the three competitors. And then what was like really just so incredibly cool was that, I mean, I walked in and I found out that one of the other companies that was also presenting was the Atlanta Pride School. And it's like, well, I don't want to win now. I want them to win because they're just such a great company and such a great, you know, organization. And then I heard Diego, uh, no, D, 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 D O G, D O G. Yes, yes, that's how they pronounce it. Um, which is a a, a pet uh, caretaking pet pet business, dog walking business, but so much more than that. And I heard all the wonderful things they are doing. It's like oh, now I want them to win. And the cool <laughs> thing was is that First Data and the AGLCC had it planned out so that they gifted all three of us, all three of those companies uh, with 
um, one of their payment solution packages. So that was just like so cool. And that's the great sorts of things that the AGLCC does for our business community. So, yeah, there was um, a lot of tears in the room that night, (laughs) especially after they found out that it was a very emotional night. There was a lot of, you know, a lot of touching stories. And then when all three of the companies won, it just kind of blew the the roof off the off the room. Absolutely. Now, one of the things I wanted to know, um, you know, in in every business, there's going to be challenges. What are some of the biggest challenges that you face right now um, with with your company? So one of the biggest challenges that I've recognized is that, you know, companies like uh, Rick said earlier, companies are becoming more aware of that, you know, they've got to start embracing the diversity that the LGBT community offers. So they're taking steps in that direction, but getting past that first step, thinking that the introduction gets them to a place of inclusivity and a comprehensive solution for an individual to come in and feel like they have a safe workspace for them to operate in takes a, a lot more commitment. And so we're encouraging our clients to take that first step, but we're also asking them to follow up on those first steps to broaden that that net of what does this look like for us on a day-to-day basis, not just a special event. So that's one of the challenges I see. Oh, and Linda, do you? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, for example, you know, it's one thing to go in and give a presentation for an employee resource group or business resource group and kind of introduce them to the transgender experience. But then for a corporation to take it to the next level, allow us to work with them to develop those human resource policies and procedures. That's really important. And, you know, moving forward, we're just very excited about, like, for example, that the military has just started to affirm its transgender personnel. And we're looking forward to perhaps branching out and giving, offering some training to them, especially to their chaplains, who will be, because that is sort of a special niche that we have with our uh, theological background that we can offer to businesses and companies. And I'm also looking forward to to working more with seminaries, perhaps um, offering some courses for their students and even working with their administration around these sorts of things. So it's lots of good stuff going on. Great. Well, this is addressed to both Linda and Gabrielle. Uh, What have you seen come out of your work that's been both inspiring and encouraging to you? Oh, I'll start that one off. One of the very first presentations we did there was a, a doctor in the audience. Afterwards, she came up to us and said, you know, I have transgender patients and I have been feeling so uncomfortable working with them because I just didn't know how to address them, what to say. I've had no training in this. And after hearing what y'all shared, wow, that was just so helpful. And now I'm going to feel so much more comfortable. And I just feel like I know now how to interact with them respectfully and thank you for that so that was very encouraging and inspiring great and then for me um at another workshop i had a parent of a transgender daughter six-year-old daughter approached me after the presentation and said gabrielle because of what you shared you have given me hope that my daughter can have a fulfilled life being who she is, embracing her truth. And then just a couple of weeks ago, we were at a corporate function and they mentioned about a transgender individual 
who had been employed there but made the decision to seek employment elsewhere because the environment just wasn't conducive for what she was going through. As a result of us being there, they were saying that now they have a better understanding of what they, what first steps they need to take. And the bottom line is, is we want the world to understand that we as trans individuals are just as talented and gifted and have as much to bring to the table as anyone else in the world to do that. So consequently, you know, it's it's about not getting stuck on this right here, what you can see on the outside, but it's knowing who I am and what I can do, what I can achieve uh, from who I am on the inside. Mm-hmm. I'm interested. I would imagine with, with, the, with the work that you're doing on this type of consulting and educating in, in the business world and, 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 and other environments, with the recent position where the, the mayor appointed a, a trans Tracy individual to the, mm-hmm. to the council, that, that has to help a little bit in terms of elevating this to the point of conversation. We need to take a, a closer look, plus giving voice to this group of individuals and, and legitimacy too, you know, because now we're holding city government in a major metropolitan city. It was a step of normalization. Right. And that was huge for our community. It's huge for, I mean, it's setting a precedence for other governmental agencies to follow. And hopefully they're going to do that. It would hopefully lead to more engagement with folks like yourself that can really come in and, and, underpin that with some better understanding of just what we're talking about. And we're available. <laughs> <laughs> and you do travel. Yes, we do. We do do travel. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you. Bruce and I both want to thank you and CW. We want to thank you for thank taking you for time to, to, to spend time with us this morning and explain to us what this process and what this journey is like. Yeah. Um, if people do want to, to reach out to you, how do they get in touch with you? Best way is to go to our website, which is transformationjourneysww.com, and there's ways to get in touch with us there. Are you on Twitter? We are on Twitter, yes. It's a little, it's transfer, it's, we have a long name. Okay. So it's transformation, I think, no. Journey, no. It's, yeah. Go to the Midtown Business Radio exactly. Show. Yes. That's your tag right. right there. Thank, there you, go. thank there we go. you. Make It'll it take easy. take you right to it. Thank we're, you so we're on, much. We're on Facebook. We're on all the social medias. So. Okay. And Rick, how, if people want to uh, reach you, how do they reach out to you on social media or how do they find you? Uh, they could also visit our website, mixitmarketing.com, find us on Facebook, Twitter, or go to any of our client events, festivals, and you can find us there. Click the link. Awesome. Are you on Twitter? Yes. What's You're going to ask me what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's <laughs> it's at mixitmarketing.com. At mixitmarketing? Yes. Yeah. Okay. We, we got them We got them tagged as well. Daryl, if We're you go to Midtown BRX on Twitter, you'll find everybody that was on the show that has a Twitter handle. They were they were tagged there. And Emma, you got some stuff going on at the Folks Steel Wealth Management. Oh, yes. Um, this is the part of the year. This is kind of our busy time of the year because... Um, Companies, small businesses, corporations, um, typically when they are looking at um, uh, auditing their retirement plans and looking at making changes for the new year, uh, we come in and we help them audit their plans. And what what's happening right now in the retirement plan space is a lot of companies are looking at um, replacing their first generation 
401ks and retirement plans with next generation retirement plans. And simple way to, to explain that are first generation retirement plans are the, you know, 401ks that came about where everyone was excited about them and they wanted lots of participation. And over the last 35 years, we've realized that although people have been encouraged to uh, participate in retirement plans, it's been a failure. So the next generation retirement plans are focusing more on maximizing savings and the overall retirement success of employees. So that's something that we're doing. Um, October is a very busy month for us, um, uh, dealing with corporations and just kind of getting their retirement plans in the right space. So that, that's kind of what we have going on right now. Anything going on at Corbell Group, Bruce? Yeah, all kinds of excitement going on with the Corbell Group. Um, right now, we're trying to put together a team. Um, one of the issues we talked about this last month is that uh, the uh, available inventory in Atlanta, Atlanta is the worst market in the country right now for available home inventory. So, Bummer for uh, a buyer. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> it's very difficult for a buyer to find their, their perfect home. And even when they do, they're in competition with other buyers to try to get it. So what we're, we're formulating right now is a team of uh, uh, so that somebody can come to us and we can help you find the home that will be your perfect home. Uh, so we'll have a, a project manager, uh, uh, interior designer, uh, a builder, uh, and a lender who's, who you know focuses and specializes on uh, construction-type loans so that People could come to us and we could find them a home that's going to work and they could make it their dream home. I guess with the inventory being so tight, that must mean good things for construction. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And and one of the other things, you know, being part of the AGLCC, uh, it's, it's been a, a great adventure. I'm the, the uh, contractors that I'm working with to put this partnership together. One of the things that we are, are making sure in, in my uh, builders are really in agreement with is to make sure that all their tradespeople are very, very responsive uh, and supportive of the LGBT community, uh, and that they consider, you know, even hiring those people uh, as part of the process. Do you have some contact information for folks to be able to get in touch with the Corbell Group and <laughs> Keller Williams? Sure. Uh, the best way to get in touch with us is uh, com. We also have a, a, a presence on Facebook, Corbel Group. And then, of course, fswealthmanagement.com for the folks deal with wealth management. And you've got Emma Knows Money on yes, Twitter. Yes, on Twitter. And we're also on Facebook as a FS or F&S um, Wealth Management. Now, do you have a calendar on the website that shows all the different offerings that you put out? Because I know that on a regular basis, you're, you're providing educational offerings for your clients. Yes, I, I do. But the calendar... I. We've kind of taken it down, but it will be back up um, in late September, early October. We're going to be launching um, Women, Wine and Wealth. Uh, gentlemen, you're invited to. But um, <laughs> but the, the majority of, of my client base are, are women business owners and um, uh, executives. And so we're looking to kind of push that education piece forward. So you'll be hearing more about that um, in, in the next month. We'll, we'll talk about it next time you're here. If you've got... If you're back here checking out the podcast and you've not done so already, in the upper left-hand corner of the show page, you'll see the Apple logo there. That'll take you over to the iTunes store where the Midtown Business Radio Show podcast lives. Make sure you subscribe to us, and that way each week when the new episode comes out, it'll be downloaded straight to your device ready for you to listen to when it's convenient for you. And we hope you turn around and share this information with your social media networks. You might just be putting some information in the hands of somebody that means something to you that really helps their business or their personal life. So we'll say thanks in advance to everybody that does that. 
And great guest today. We had a nice full show today and we're able to get everybody time on the air to talk about what they're doing. It was very cool. I always enjoy the shows that we're doing with Atlanta Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce. It's been a pleasure for me to partner with them and, and give them a voice in the media here through which they can celebrate their members as well as introduce folks to AGLCC who maybe could become corporate partners or uh, just join up and be members themselves. So just we're looking forward to supporting and, you. And certify. That's right. You got to get certified <laughs> as uh, an LGBTBE. Come on. Wow. Impressive. That is part of the benefits of being a member (laughs) for the uh, AGLCC is that is covered. So if you just endeavor to go through the process, you'll come out better for it just for being a part of the AGLCC. So we'll encourage everybody to do that as well. Anything else that we have before we run out of time? Sounds like. Well, then make sure you make an appointment to see us same time, same place next week. We'll see you then.